0: seeing the praise team, it was. Whew. I tell you what, I don't know if it's the coffee or the Holy Spirit, but I am jacked up on Jesus this morning. I, 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 I was sitting over there, and as we were singing, I, I mean, it's just been it's it, it's been a it's been a great week for me. I mean, I and and I say that knowing that I ha- my grandmother is at home, you know, in her last moments. But I know that her her time to meet our Lord is coming. And this week I've just had so many reminders of that and so many reminders that our time is coming and and how we need to get excited about that. I went to a concert on Thursday called Winter Jam and, and to see everybody there just excited, throwing their hands up, Screaming. That's probably the most screaming that place has ever seen in a long time. And it was for Jesus. It was, it, was, it was amazing. There was over 10,000 people there just ready to worship our Lord. And I hope this morning as you come here, that you, you come excited. You don't come here dreading another Sunday morning that you have to get up early. And you have to come in here and listen to Josh talk. I know it's not the most fun thing to do. But come here excited. For what he promises us. For what he tells us in his word. When you get that excitement, there's no... I mean, I've got chills right now. I'm so excited for what Christ is doing, not only in our church, but in our community. I see it. There's revival going on here, and I love it. I'll get off my, off my excited train, and we'll get into the, uh, the scripture this morning. If you have your Bibles, um, turn with me to Colossians, Colossians 3, and we're going to do verses 1 through 11. And this is going to kind of be a two-part thing for me. Um, I'm going to be preaching again in March, the very first of March, and I'm going to cover the second part of this um, and then. But today we're going to be covering verses 1 through 11. And it says, and I'll just go ahead and read it. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things are, that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming." And in all. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now, Lord and Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for Paul's letter to the Church of Colossae here, Father God. But Lord, more importantly, I thank you that this letter was written to us as well. As a reminder that since you died for our sins and we, when we accept you into our life, that we are made anew. And Lord, I just pray this morning as we go through this passage, Lord, that you, you begin to let us see different things in our lives that maybe are still of the old self, that we, need to, that we need to put to death or get rid of, that you talk about here, Lord. Lord, I just pray this morning that we have open hearts and open ears. And Lord, I also pray, Lord, that this message not be brought from Josh this morning, Lord, but this message be brought from you, Lord. I ask that you empty me of myself, fill me with your Holy Spirit, so that you can speak the words that you once spoke here this morning. Lord, we thank you and love you. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Now, if anybody knows anything about me, and, you know, I'll probably get some amens from Dad here in a second, but I have the worst luck with cars. I literally, uh, it seems like any car I get, something goes wrong with it. I had this one car um, just not too long ago, maybe a couple months ago. I had this one car, and stuff started going wrong with it. So I took it to uh, Kevin, and I said, Kevin, work on it. So I took this other car that we had. It wasn't a month later, and this car that I'm driving now has problems. So now that one's in the shop. So now I'm driving my grandma's car, and I'm driving that, and I'm, we haven't had any problems yet, Dad, but you know, it's coming probably. All right. But the reason why I go through these problems and I go through these struggles is, and Dad will attest to it, sometimes I get so busy I forget to check the oil. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. People are having to be- check the oil. That's the most important thing you got to do. I know. I forget to check the oil. I forget to check the tires. I forget to check all these different things that I'm supposed to check in order to make sure a car runs. And then what happens? By the time it's time, by the time I check it, it's too late. And then we have to take it in, and Josh ends up paying a substantial amount of money to get a car fixed. So you're probably sitting there thinking, well, what does this have to do with what you're talking about here? I think when I was going through this, this illustration really put into... Uh, Picture what, what we're talking about in our lives. When we become anew, when we become new in Christ, there are things we have to do to check ourselves often. If we just, if we just say, if we pray a prayer, and we, and, and we say, okay, Lord, enter my heart, and we start living for the Lord and become a believer of Him, we can't just sit back and just be busy driving the car, not checking on things. Not checking our motives. Not checking our, our, uh, our prayer lives. Not checking our study time. Not checking things like that. Because when we don't check things like that, that's when it's too late. And we can find ourselves in a bigger mess than what we were before. So this morning as I talk about this spiritual renewal that happens in us whenever we accept our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into our hearts. We need to think about these things. Think about checking ourselves often. And we're gonna give, I'm going to give you different things in here of how to check yourselves. So you don't end up having to pay a ton of money and even worse, your entire eternity of your soul in hell. Paul opens up, and I've got, if you see your message notes, I've got this broken down into how to be renewed, what it looks like to be renewed, and then how to remain renewed. So first we're going to look at how to become renewed. And then he talks about how to become renewed in verses 1 through 4. And he talks about, it says in verse 1, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand throne of God. Now I'm going to throw out a Chris Raber special here. It's one of his favorite verses. And he knows probably where I'm going. And it's it's in a very weird book that's sometimes hard to find. Habakkuk 2.20 says, But the Lord is in His holy temple. Let the earth keep silence before Him. Okay, so in verse 1 it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand throne of God. So to become renewed... It says, we have been raised with Christ. And what is he talking about here? He's talking about that moment in life where that conversion happens. Whenever we sit there and we truly accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we do that, we start seeking the things where Christ is. Christ is at the right-hand throne of God, but sometimes we think Christ is not there. Sometimes we're sitting there thinking Christ, where is Jesus at? Is He out playing golf or what? He is not in my life right now. He's not watching the things that I'm doing. He's letting things become a mess. He needs to get back on that right-hand throne of God, and He needs to start getting things done, because I'm not liking how they're going. But as you read back at 2.20, Christ is seated at the right-hand throne of God. Let all of us keep silence before Him. Christ doesn't need us to sit there and say, Hey, come on, where, where are you at? Where are you at? Christ wants us to zip it. He says, listen, I'm seated here. I am God. I know what is going on. I am making you a new creation. Yeah, some of it's not easy. Sometimes God has to chip things off of us that aren't easy. But He wants us to be Still. He wants us to sit there and focus on the things that are above with Him. Verse 2 goes right into that same thing. It says, one of my favorite verses of all time, it says, Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21 says, Do not lay up yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break and steal. For there, for where your treasure is, is where your heart will be also. I know Chris preached on that uh, not too long ago. And Matthew 6 is telling us about verse 2 here. How to become renewed, you need to start setting your th- mind on things that are above and not on earthly things. Well, what are the things above? The things that God has for your life. The will of God. So many times... We have to focus our lives around things that are not of God. They may not be bad things, but they may be things that maybe take place of where God needs to be in our lives. Sports. Boyfriend and girlfriends. Family members. Friends. Hobbies. Whatever that may be, when we store our treasures up there, it talks about in the Bible that when we build our build our houses with straw and that's how that it burns up. But when we put our treasures where Christ is in God and we start focusing on things above and I'm telling you what it's a mindset is what it becomes. It's seeing the world through God's eyes. When we start looking at the world through God's eyes and we start seeing opportunities to minister We start seeing opportunities to serve. We start seeing opportunities to worship. We start seeing opportunities to not bring glory upon ourselves, but to bring glory upon God. When we start seeing things like that, that is how we are becoming renewed. Because we know that in those moments, God is being glorified in everything that we do. I hope that here, when we face struggles in life, When we face struggles in life, verse 2, verse 2. So many times I had read Colossians 3, 2, and I thought automatically what I just talked about. I thought automatically back on Matthew and how we're storing up our treasures on earth and how we're supposed to think of it, stuff like that. But in tragedies, this verse 2 has helped me tremendously and facing struggles that have come into my life and it says set your minds on things above not on earthly things somebody asked me the other day how I was doing with, with my grandma and they said "You know, how are you doing how are you doing and I said I'm actually doing pretty well I think it kind of got them a little bit you're not you're, you're not you're not you're not sad oh my goodness I'm sad you're not angry no because I'm setting my mind on, earthly, or on heavenly things and not on things of earth. I told them I'm focusing on where she's going and not where she's at. And if we start focusing all of our stuff, all of our problems, all of our things that happen here on earth. If we start focusing on where we're going and not where we're at. It makes those trials that we face in life so much easier. And I know it's not the easiest thing to do. Loss of a loved one. Maybe you're in a place where you're, not having, it's, it's, you're having trouble finding a job. Maybe work's not going well for you. But if you have your mind set on the things that are above and not on earthly things, God will get you through it. It's the only way. It's the only way we can overcome struggles. Verse 3, it says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. It is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, is, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. What does it mean? When you, for you have died with Christ, and your life is hidden with Christ. It's hidden. I was talking to, uh, um, in our elders meeting the other night, and I was talking to, I think, I think it was Alex or somebody, and I was telling them how, um, you know, people tell us that we are to mirror Christ, we are to mirror Christ. When they see me, they should see Christ. And I heard of a, I heard an analogy one time that that really made me think differently about how we are to view that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong by saying we are to mirror Christ, but here's let me see let me let me throw this analogy at you and see if see if it sounds a little better. Let us be a window for Christ, a window. Now, what do, you, what do you mean by a window, Josh? Alright. So if we look out that window over there, alright, we, we don't see the window. We don't see the window. We see straight through the window and we see the outside. That is how our lives are supposed to be. When it says our lives are hidden with Christ, we are to be a window for him. So whenever they see Josh, they don't see Josh mirroring Christ. They look at Josh and they see straight through this. Ugly dude that's standing up here, and they see Christ working. They see the love of Christ coming out of me. They see the different aspects of Christ. Now, I'm just using me an example. I'm not trying to say that I, I am a perfect window for Christ. But what I'm saying is we need to start becoming that window. That in everything we do, our lives are hidden, and Christ is glorified. That's the only, that's how you become renewed. That's part of the renewal. Less of me and more of you. One of the biggest things, uh, we had this guy, you can look him up on Twitter. His name was Tony Nolan. Tony Nolan Live, if you want to look him up on Twitter. All right. Um, He spoke at Winter Jam this weekend. And I'm giving him a shout out today because he followed me back on Twitter. And I think that's pretty cool. But... um, Tony Nolan live. He he. Tony Nolan was talking about um, whenever people, uh, whenever Christ comes back, and you've got those people that say, "Lord, Lord, we did all these great things in Your name, and we and we and we uh, cast out demons, and we prophesied in Your name." And he was talking about all this stuff, but they were doing it for their own selfish gain, and they weren't doing it for for the right reasons. So then Tony Nolan came up with this this little saying that I've been saying to myself all week and it's ultimately sums up what we're going to be talking about here today and it's I choose Jesus over me. I choose Jesus over me. Now that covers a wide range of things. I choose I choose Jesus's will, I choose Jesus's life, I choose Jesus's salvation, I choose everything that Jesus has promised me over me. I choose the spiritual aspect of life rather than the flesh that I live in that's not easy that's not easy but we need to every day when we wake up in life we need to tell ourselves right when we get out of bed Lord today I choose you I don't choose myself I choose you we put our selfish gains behind and we hide our life in Christ now what does it look like to be renewed that is how you become renewed by accepting Jesus into your heart and start thinking on the things of him now what does it look like Paul goes in to tell us here. It says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, put to death. I looked this up in, uh, in uh, uh, one of those fancy Bible things. We'll talk about it later. I'll, uh, I'll talk to Kevin about it. Um, but I looked up what it meant What it meant in, uh, in the Greek. What, what does he mean by put to death? You know, because a lot of times... Uh, The the language that they talk about in here may have a different meaning than what we may think. We think to put to death, and we think of death as boom, gone, over. It's done. It's over with. Well, this put to death is a little bit different in 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 the context that they use here. And this put to death means to deprive power of or to destroy the strength of to deprive power of or to destroy the strength of. And I thought, wow, that is perfect because I'm sitting here li- listing these, sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness. I'm sitting here thinking, I've done these. I've done these. How, I, my, my flesh sometimes comes over me and this stuff happens. So does that mean that, that I'm not renewed? Because I didn't put these to death and we're not ending them right here. No, that's not what he's talking about here. What he's talking about is he's talking about deprive the power of these things. Are we ever going, are we, is there ever going to be a day in our lives where we do not sin? Is there ever going to be a day that that happens? No. No. We, we are sinners. It happens. But what he's talking about here is Paul is telling us exactly what we are supposed to do with the sins in our lives. And we are supposed to put to death, deprive the power of, to, to diminish the strength of. Whenever we become renewed and we are constantly being renewed, that is a process. And that's what I, wanna, that's what I really want to hit on this morning is that becoming renewed is a process. It's not something where you say, Boom, and boom, you're automatically a new person. No, it's a process that we have to go through. And I think so many times people think, and even unbelievers that look upon believers, they look and say, well, you still do this, and you still do that. Well, I thought you were a Christian. Why, do you, why, do you, why, did, you, why did you say that the other day? We're sinners. It's a process to get that stuff less and less, and less, and less in our lives every single day. 2 Corinthians 5.17, what Eric read this morning to us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. Now, this morning, I come to you guys with sore feet. Because as I'm going through this passage this week, it was like God was stepping on my toes every single time. And I knew that this wasn't going to be an easy message to bring this morning because it's going to convict. But you know what? Sometimes that's what we need. Sometimes that's what we need. Sometimes it it takes God to slap us upside the head and say, Look, this is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. So he's telling us here that whenever we come into this new creation, whenever we are born into him, we are new people. We are new people. This this, uh, particular passage right here covers a multitude of sins that are committed by us. A multitude. I mean, it... I mean, it doesn't list specific sins, but it kind of lists broad terms to cover many different sins that we commit. So he's covering everything we need to talk about here in those four words. And he says on that, it says, on the account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Well, if if, if we serve a God that I know that is all powerful and almighty, I don't want that wrath. I don't want that wrath. We know what that wrath is. It tells us what that wrath is. That wrath is eternity. Eternity in hell. And because we have that wrath coming upon these things, we need to start lessening those things in our lives. Then you go on and it says, In these you too once walked. Or you used to walk. Now I've told you guys up here before, you know, I wasn't the greatest student in the world, but I know what used to means. That means back then. I used to. all right? I used to be able to beat Matt and Seth in basketball. That don't happen anymore. All right? Getting older, getting brittler, getting fatter. OK? That's what happens. You know? I used to be able that I could go. I used to be able to go run three miles a day. I tried the other day, and Eric witnessed it. I almost died. But it's used to things, used to, we don't do it anymore, we can't, it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's not human, you know, and I, th- I thought of this the other day, and I was, I was joking with Galen over our uh, retreat the other day, and I was telling him, as they brought the, uh, the first Bar Eve team out the other day, asked if they were going to have like a little scrimmage out there and show us what they got for us young guys that never got to saw them play, Galen used to be good at basketball, all right? It, it, it's it's one of those deals where where it just used to happen. So when he's talking about it here, it says you used to walk in these ways, you used to you used to walk in the ways of the sin that we're talking about here. You used to be you used to do those things. Now since we say we used to do those things, that means we no longer do those things. And then it talks about in the life you once lived. Do you realize? Do we realize here that in Your life that you live here on earth, you would live two lives. Two lives, figuratively speaking. There's that life before we were converted, where we were lost. The life that that had us going down a path that was not good. Some of us lived in that life longer than others. But there was a time in our lives where we were lost and we, and we were without a Savior and we were without a Lord. Because we had not accepted Him into our heart yet. That was one life. Now when you ex- finally come to that one point, at the end of that life, where you accept the Lord, your God, into your life, and you make Him Lord and Savior, yes, Lord and Savior. Jesus just didn't come to save, He came to be Lord, to rule over your life, so you would do these things. There's where you start your new life. It says in the, one, the life you once lived. Now, I've heard people talk before and they've said, you know, yeah, that life I once lived was fun. It was fun. You had some fun times. You know, back in that life, you know, you used to have all sorts of fun. But then they also said that fun that would maybe last for that one night or that one day or that one week or whatever, that fun ultimately didn't satisfy the need that they had in their life. That fun ran out. That fun didn't satisfy the joy that they needed in their heart. So then when you start your new life... You have a whole different kind of fun. A fun that is in Christ. A fun that is satisfying to the soul. And a fun that leads you to eternity in heaven. So, so to all the people that say this life is more fun, that's temporary. That's temporary joy that you find in the old life. This life here that you find, this is eternal joy. Eternal happiness. That you get for eternity—that's forever. One of the sayings that we were talking about at my Bible study the other day, and uh, I, I, I even kind of put it on here. And, th- and this may, this may, you know, offend people. You know, it kind of, it kind of got me a little bit because I'm, I'm guilty of saying it too. But the saying that whenever somebody does something wrong. And somebody says, man, did you see what what so-and-so did? And then uh, then, then we hear the response, that's just how they are. That's just how they are. I'm not going to ask for you to raise your hand if you said it, because I've said it. I've said that's just how they are. Well, if they're truly believers in Christ, and they're truly saved, and they're truly letting God be the Lord over their life, that's not who they are. That's not who they are. They are the new creation that it talks about in 2 Corinthians. They are the new creation that it talks about in Colossians. They are living the new life that we talked about. So that saying, that's just how they are, it's almost an excuse for people to sin. Oh, Josh is getting mad on the sidelines coaching again. Oh, that's just how he is. Just how he is. It's not right. That's not right. And I know it's not. And I've been confronted about it, and I thank the people that have confronted me about it, because that's not who I am. It's not who I'm called to be. It's not the life I live right now. I used to. I used to do that. I used to live in that. That's not me anymore. I don't know. I don't know if. Uh, I don't know where Kevin heard it, so I'm just going to say this is a Kevin's Fortune Trooper quote. But he, if you want to ask him later, he he can tell you who said it. But I'm going to give him credit right now. He said, he told me one time, he said, God meets us where we are. God meets all of us where we are. Whether we're in the lowest of lows or the highest of highs, God meets us where we are. But the thing is, he doesn't leave us where we are. God meets us where we are, but doesn't leave us where we are. So that saying, that, saying that's, just, that's just who they are? No. When God finds somebody, He finds somebody in the lowest of their times. And he, and he completely strips everything that they have. And that they finally come to the saving knowledge that they need something else besides the stuff that they're chasing here on earth. And when they come to that point, God says, Now now that you've realized that, we're going to start taking you on a journey. We're going to start walking you through this new life. You're going to become Renewed in me. So remember that today, that God meets us where we are, but does not leave us where we are. Then it comes down and says, Rid yourself of these things anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. Now, this RID is talking about make someone or something free of whatever. I looked up the, the RID in the thing that I talked about a while ago, and it says to make someone or something free. To make something free. I love the song we sang here because it says my chains are gone. I have been set free. Whenever you rid yourself of malice, slander, anger, wrath. When you rid yourself of those things, you don't say, listen, you're gone. I don't, I don't, I don't have these anymore. I don't get angry. I don't, I don't have filthy language. I don't have slander. I don't have malice. I don't have any of that stuff anymore. What you do is what he's talking about in Colossians is you break those chains That bond us there. So many people have been bonded up by anger. And so many people have been bonded up by filthy language. That it has such control over them that that's who they become. It's like we're slaves and our sins are our slave owners. No matter what we do, we always have that ball and chain of that one sin that we keep committing. Well, Paul tells us right here that we are to get rid. We are to rid ourselves of these things. And that means to free ourselves. No longer do they have power in our lives. And we are free. I love that. We are free. Can everybody say that with me? We are free. I hope you mean that this morning. I hope you know that this morning. That no longer you have that, that, that chain holding you on. But those chains have been broken by that amazing grace that we sang about this morning. I noticed all of these. All of these kind of have a theme of words: anger, uh, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. They all have. They all have the theme of words. Our words sometimes get us in a lot of trouble. Sometimes I wish I would just shut my mouth instead of keep on talking. But then when I talk and I say something wrong, I back it up trying to save myself and I make it worse than what I did. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. This really. If you you struggle with your words and you struggle with language or struggle with slander or malice or anything, this verse here really put into perspective the power of our words. It says, 18.21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruits. Do we understand what we're talking about here? Death and life are on the power of this thing our tongues have the power to bring life into somebody we talk about the gospel and how is the gospel delivered the gospel is delivered from our mouths we articulate that we we speak the gospel into people's lives and ultimately that brings the the opportunity for god to work into their hearts but also how many of us have seen moments in our lives where our words have ultimately killed somebody Completely turned people away from God. Completely brought a bad name upon Christianity because of something we may have said. Guard your words. Guard your mouths. Because the tongue has the power of life and death. And then it says, do not lie to one another. Honesty is being completely upfront and authentic. How many of us, and like I said, I, I've been there. I've been there. How many of us come in here on Sunday and we, we, we place the stained glass masquerade? We come in and we put on our church face and we act like everything's okay. We act like we're doing okay. We act like everything's fine. I'm living a life where I'm not supposed to. I'm doing good things. I'm just fine. Then when we leave, we take that mask off and we start living that life of old and we start letting the old stuff creep in and we start doing things that aren't bringing glory to God. We may be doing good things, but our motives are wrong and we may be doing things that are of are, are the tongue and doing things that we are supposed to start weakening the death of. How, may, how many of us do that? I lived my life. I lived a majority of my life like that, where I acted like I was the most holy person ever, and I acted like Josh didn't have any problems, and Josh didn't have, Josh was a good kid, Josh didn't do any of this, when in reality, God saw my heart, and he saw that I really was not doing the things that I was supposed to. I may have been doing those things because I wanted people to think good about me, but I wasn't doing those things because I wanted to bring glory to God. Trust in believers is huge. That is how we help each other. When we come in here and we're authentic. I want to be authentic with you guys. I want you guys to be authentic with me. If you're struggling with something, you come and tell me. (sighs) How to remain the new you. To be renewed is to, to make new, fresh, or strong again. Renewal is a cons- constant process. Just like I talked about the car, it's something we need to continue to check. We need to continue to, to, uh, to do different things. And how do we remain the new you? We remain the new you by the very last thing it says here, and it says, by the image of our Creator. It says, the biggest key is that Christ is all and Christ is in all. This morning, if you're wanting to figure out how you can become the new you, you must have Christ in your life at all times. That Christ in your life is the only way that you can become renewed. If you're feeling burned out or tired or hopeless or fearful, depressed, angry, and even to the point of not caring, it's not what us sons and daughters in Christ, sons and daughters of Christ must feel. It's not, what it's, it's not what it's about. In times like these, when we cry out, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51:10, like I read this morning. Understanding who you are in Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister and work through you is how a Christian remains the new you. Constant checks and constant repairs are what is needed to stay fresh and ready to serve. Do you need renewal this morning? Are you in here today... Going through life without checking the oil in your car, without checking the t- tire pressures, without checking your life. Are you, are you coming in here today worried, scared, fearful, still living in that old life that he talks about here? If you want that renewal this morning, It's not too late. It's a constant process that takes time, that takes work, but ultimately trying to change these things on our own is not going to help matters at all, but it is Christ in you and Christ in all of us that's going to make us renewed. We're going to sing a song here when I get done and it's called Remind Me Who I Am I love the song absolutely love the song and the biggest thing about it is we are to be reminded who we are in Christ who we are in Christ is the new life that we live and I'm sorry for the end kind of getting unfocused but I th- think my grandma's about to pass, just seeing my family walk out, so um, I just want to pray right now for for that and pray for um, my family and pray for you guys importantly because because today uh, may be the day that I lose my grandma here on earth, but it's a day that she could start her life in heaven, and I pray that as we as we talk about this renewal process and we talk about the, the the becoming new in Christ. I hope I hope this morning that one day your grandson can stand up here and say, I know where I know where my grandma or grandpa's going today. Because I know that they have a heart for the Lord. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just um, We come to you, Lord. Lord, we, we, some of us come with broken hearts, and some of us come with, with fears, and some of us come with sin in our lives that, that have us bondage, Lord. And Lord, we just um—we pray to you right now, Lord, that you take all of that away in Jesus' name, Father God, that, that you remove that from us. And Lord, that you be start to make us anew a new creation in you, Father God, that, that the life that we once lived is no longer that the life we live now, Lord, that the life that we can start living now is a life that can guarantee us that when things like today happen, Father God, that, that we know that there's another life that is going to begin, and a in life that is so far abundant than anything we can live here on earth. Lord, I just lift up... Uh, Lift up my family to you right now, Lord. Lift up my mom. Lord, just give her strength. Give her comfort. I pray Colossians 2 upon her right now, Father God. Colossians 3, 2, Lord, where you tell us to set our minds on things above and not on earthly things, Father God. But I pray that she can find that comfort in knowing that she is home. As she has begun life. Lord, I just thank you for this for this Sunday service, Father God. I thank you for your message this morning. In your heavenly name, we pray. Amen.